Hey guys, uh, we're back. Uh, I'm doing it. We're doing it in reverse here. It's Melvin, and uh, I'm the trusty wingman to Kimberly. Mm-hmm. I'm right here, guys. <laughs> and uh, we just wanted to do something a little different. We had a uh, episode that we recorded with a really cool couple, um, and we we kind of just wanted to do an intro just to set the table for the conversation and. Um, just the direction of of this line of uh, podcast that we'll do. It's going to be part of our hand in hand uh, marriage podcast, and we did one. How long ago, Kimberly? Probably one of our first ones. Yeah, it was one of our first ones. So a few months back. Yeah, and we just really been trying to get our feet up under us before we started bringing other people in. But um, this is this one was a newlywed couple. They've been married for three months. Yeah, three months, and um, they're it, both twenty three. Yeah. And I mean, they, they really, first off, the thing that kind of stood out to me was they seemed way beyond their, their years. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 They were very mature and you'll definitely be able to hear that during our conversation. Yeah. Um, we, uh, another thing is just how much spirituality played a part in their, their courtship. Um, when you listen to this, it, it may almost it may kind of seem weird, you know, some of the the things that they talk about when we ask them, you know, about to explain their courtship, their dating, all the way up into their marriage. Just the standpoint that they're coming at it as um, it, it it definitely just from somebody listening to this for the first time or getting to know them for the first time, it would it may sound a little weird. It definitely was a complete opposite to how Kimberly and I dated, would you say? Yeah, but the thing about, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about their courting and dating experience versus ours, I really feel part of the reason why they're so mature is because spirituality, God was really at the core of their relationship, not just the lip service of it, but it actually was. Uh, Both of them mentioned, you know, their admiration for each other when it came to each other's individual spiritual walk. And that's something that I can say that me and Melvin, though we definitely believed in God when we were dating, that was not something that was the foundation. And you can really get that, that that was their foundation, and it still is. Right. So um, we hope that you guys really do enjoy listening to this and, um, you know, take away some lessons. Um, and, yeah, anything else before we No, I'm excited to just share this episode and share them, you know, with, with you all as well, just to get a perspective that it really can be done. Dating God's way can be done. Having a godly uh, marriage can be done. It's not that anyone is perfect and you'll definitely see that, you know, not only did they share, but we also shared as well. Um, but it can be done and it can be done God's way. Awesome. So, Thanks, guys, and on to the episode. Thanks. You know, we go, and the phone in like the other room would, and then it would be like a walkie-talkie. So I would take the phone, and I go to the room like on the other side of the house, 
and as I'm like trying to find a really small like crevice uh-huh. to hide in, <clears throat> I'll tell my brother that my mom is asking for him. So he'll go all the way to the other end of the the house. Yeah. And as he goes into the room where that receiver's at, I press the walkie talkie on the phone and I go, Frankie, <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> Oh, you gonna get it. Oh my god. He was, like it, there was one time he like my mom was in the room and my mom like tried to play on with it. Uh-huh. And it, it only worked for so long cuz my mom can't keep a straight face, but she told me that as soon as he heard it, I mean my brother's like 6, 7 at this time. As soon as he heard it, he like dead stopped just <laughs> like mid stride just uh- and he looks at my mom and then he's like, who said that? <laughs> my, mom, my mom goes, said what? <laughs> and you so he's thinking it. he's hearing voices. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you got to, if you ever meet my brother, you got to ask him about it because it's pretty get hilarious. It. You're going to get it. Yeah. Man, that's messed up. You done ruined that little boy for life. He probably uh, has nightmares about uh, hearing voices. Well, no, the funniest story with my brother, I mean, he was a scaredy cat, but one time it was a night, it was a Thursday night right before Friday night. And usually Thursday nights were always like game nights or something. So we had fun and I go into the room. This was, we were old enough to where we were like splitting up in different rooms and we went into the room. I went with my parents and we tucked them in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, and my mom used to do this thing called the taco where like we get in bed and she'd like like squeeze oh. squeeze on the other sides of us yeah. you know to kind of like taco us in with the blankets I call it the burrito the burrito yeah yeah, yeah. we called it the taco we're mexican you know <laughs> <clears throat> well a burrito would have worked fine too but <laughs> for some reason taco was fine and so you know we all in there and we we're like all right good night sleep tight don't let the bed bugs bite and we turn off the lights and we leave and the next thing we hear is mom what are bed bugs? <laughs> I promise you it was the funniest thing you ever hear. And the next thing you hear is just him bawling. I promise you, you could hear the teardrops falling on the Aww. floor. He was it was hilarious. And you bring it up today, he just kinda like looks at you and just like, <laughs> it's like wasn't funny. Uh, because the dude was like in sixth grade. Like, oh wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, that's no he was a sixth grade. He's a sixth grade, he didn't know what bed bugs were and was so petrified, like I'd never heard of him. Are they real? Uh, like, what are bed bugs? Oh yeah, no, he you gotta get that dude. No, that's that's. Oh, so cool. I was imagining like this little five year old kid getting well, terrified. I mean, if he ain't never seen a bed bug, he ain't never seen a bed bug. No, you gotta get. I it. ain't never seen a bed bug. Well, I know what they are, but I know. But if I get you, then if you if I knew you were scared, now I'm not messing with you. So yeah. just to let everybody know, we are recording. recording. <laughs> um, Did y'all know that? I had a few. I looked and I was yeah. like, oh, it's I was like, look at his sneaky self. <laughs> Told you. So you want to kick us off, Kimberly? Okay, guys. Thank thank you, everyone, for tuning in again to the Soul Sense Podcast. I'm Kim, and I have my trusty wingman, Melvin. What's up? 
Okay. So anyways, we have another special treat for you guys. We have the Garzas. We have Pablo and Karen Garza, and we're going to talk about marriage today. They are newlyweds, and we're going to allow them to introduce themselves. And you guys have the floor. Let's start with Pablo. Well, my name is Pablo. Like uh, long walks on the beach, scaring people, <laughs> uh, chick flicks, and scaring my brother half uh, to death. Apparently, yeah. And I'll, I guess and for I'll, me, I guess I'll take it over. Yeah, where, you can where, go for it. Where, where are you from, Pablo? Um. So originally, uh, I was born in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and uh, my dad, being a, <clears throat> he was a, I guess you'd say a Navy. Um, what is it? What's the word? Anyway, he was bottom rank Navy officer, mm-hmm. um, active duty, got stationed in uh, Flower Bluff uh, at the Naval Air Station down there. So about when I was one and a half, we moved to Corpus and mm-hmm. I grew up in Corpus Christi. Oh, OK. Corpus Christi, Texas. Yep. OK. OK. How about you, Karen? Well, my name is Karen, and I don't like long walks on the beach. <laughs> uh, but no, I was born in Zimbabwe. Oh. And then, yeah, and then moved over here when I was five years old mm. and have been a Texan ever since. Okay. okay. To this area of Texas? Yeah. When we moved over here, uh, we were in the Euless area. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then okay. we've been in Grand Prairie ever since. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And they are newly married. Tell us a little bit about your marriage. Me? Yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, let's let's re- let's start. Yeah. Let's roll back a little bit. Okay. Let me ask some questions here. So, okay. Pablo, um, you did you so you didn't travel around a lot being in it. You guys are kind of stationed in those two places the, the whole time. Yeah, exactly. I think um, the most traveling I did was when I was from one to three or one to one and a half. Um, <clears throat> we went from Virginia to California um, to Boston. Uh, we really kind of didn't have a living place. Mm. He was just always kind of just doing things, mm-hmm. and then he finally got stationed in, um, in Flower Bluff. And as when he got stationed in Flower Bluff, he was closer to his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew my my father grew up in uh, the valley, so in Far or Edinburgh, Texas, and so Corpus was as close as he knew he was going to get. So mm. he put in the request to be inactive and reserved, and so they granted it to him, and we stayed in Corpus. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yep. Okay. Did um. I had a question right on the tip of my tongue. Tag on it. Just one brother? Yeah, one brother, one sister. Okay. Yeah, and okay. the sister didn't come until about 10 years after I was born. Okay, okay. so you're the oldest. Yes. Okay. And your other brother's how young? Your brother's how much younger? My brother is about two and a half, closer to three years younger than I am. Okay. Okay. And Karen, how about for you? You, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe to Texas, and that was it? Or anywhere in any where around Zimbabwe or did you just kind of grow up in one area? Uh, well, I was born in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. Not that I know anywhere this is, but hey. I... Yeah. And so we just stayed there the whole time until we came over here. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys have family here already or? Um, no. My dad came first uh-huh. and like set everything up and then we all moved over here. And how many siblings do you have? I have three siblings. I have two older sisters and then I have a twin brother. Oh, oh, really? Wow. You're a twin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I always wanted to be a twin. I never wanted to be a twin. I did. I wanted to have a twin brother named Kevin. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. I this did. is crazy. Because yeah. I had a sister, so I wanted a brother. And she was seven years older than me, so it was like you want to I needed somebody close to age, and I was like, a twin would be like my best friend. Are y'all best friends? Uh, at the beginning, we were. Oh, okay. Yeah. All the way until, when was it? Seventh grade mm-hmm. of middle school. That's when sports started. Okay. So he went, in, went into sports, had his friends, and he was never home after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you play any sports in high school? No, not in high school. I tried out for volleyball and like, yeah, I didn't make it. And I realized sports weren't my thing. No. Yeah. Okay. Pablo, any sports? Oh, I did everything but soccer. No soccer? No soccer. He I know, right? Soccer. He did soccer. Yeah. No, I didn't mean like, although, yeah, I guess so. But no, I just meant I like soccer. So Yeah. Oh, well, then other than cricket and rugby and all of like the more popular European sports. But, there we are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, um. Music wise, are you do you play any instruments or anything like that? Can't me, I'm not music no. kind at all. Yeah, I'm the boring one of the two. He does everything. Pablo, for uh, let you guys know, Pablo is extremely musically talented, so yeah. Um, so let's talk. You want to where how'd you guys meet? And you want to go, yeah? Well, that? I guess, uh, just to kind of bring everybody up to speed and give them some background on you guys, talk a little bit about your journey to Christ kind of like your conversion story yeah that's a good question I think for me um you know Karen's heard this story before but um for me I I grew up in a house that was um I guess spiritual but we never went to church you know I think it was more of a you know God was there but we never gave him acknowledgement Mm. type of household okay you know um it was also because of that, you know, I grew up more uh, atheist, more, uh, I, I guess you could say more agnostic. Okay. I think more agnostic is, is the proper terminology. There. Okay. But, you know, because I grew up in a household where, you know, God was there, just not acknowledged. It was kind of like whenever I, I grew to not really believe that he was existing, mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of like very hard for me to, to actually say it out loud. Okay. <clears throat> so for me... You know, I I grew up in a smaller town in Corpus called Portland, Texas. Um, you know, it was a better school district. My dad actually taught there. You know, after he was after he was um, reserved, he he found a, another job and he went to school, got his degree to be an English teacher, uh, and taught at Portland, which was a pretty well established school district in the Corpus area. Okay, so. Being that it was a small town, Southern hospitality, uh, God, Christianity was really, you know, prevalent in mm-hmm. the in that area. So I grew up kind of agnostic, you know, and um, always Holland had friends that were extremely devoted. And so, you know, I think for me, always seeing that was more of a, I respected it, you mm-hmm. know, okay. uh, I guess you could say it was more of. I really respect that decision and I really admire that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time I was more like, I'm still, I still have my views, but I, I, I respected it and valued and and looked up to that um, so much that when I hit college and, and things were feeling a little empty, that was the first thing I turned to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
<clears throat> throughout high school, I was dating a girl. And in fact, when, whenever I was deciding to choose aerospace engineering for my degree, I didn't want to go out of state. I was looking at Embry-Riddle. I was looking at, you know, Maryland and, and all these other schools. But I decided to stay in state because it was cheaper. And so for Texas, you know, you got UT, Texas A&M, UT Arlington, and Rice that all have predominant good aerospace engineering degrees. And the girl I was dating at the time was playing college softball or was committed to playing college softball at A&M Commerce. So the closest school to that was UT Arlington. And on top of that, I had family in the area in Grand Prairie, and I had uh, a scholarship, an academic one, to come to UTA. And I had been accepted to A&M, but because of the circumstances, I was like, well, UTA is the best choice. And a uh, year into my college, you know, degree, uh, that relationship, you know, crashed and burned. And, and I think um, after that, I went through a really dry spell of just kind of doing whatever I wanted and then feeling really empty, you know, feeling like I wasn't living up to the potential um, that I knew I could, you know, uh, in helping other people or in, I guess you could say, being influential, you know. I, I felt like I was just a, a, like a, a bug on a rock, you know, in this really big world. And so the only one I felt that would really give me the opportunity to be influential be the light right mm -hmm. um as you know scripture actually does say mm -hmm. was god and so i had done the studies prior but uh, i ended up contacting josh hose again you know, okay. i think we're all f yeah. we're familiar with josh yeah. and so <clears throat> I, I you know i hit him up and was like you know uh, i think we should definitely hit these studies again mm -hmm. you know for me um, I didn't really pay attention the first time, so mm. we went through it the second time, and I felt like the second time was really kind of like I, you know, I was paying attention. I was mm. paying attention, and I think, um, right, I kind of skipped the crucial part of of kind of like my conversion, but, you know, right after, you know, that relationship kind of crashed and burned, um, I put a lot into that relationship mm -hmm. as anyone who doesn't have Christ does. Yeah. You know, I think uh, anyone who doesn't have a relationship with Christ puts a relationship in someone else or puts a relationship in something, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be work, music, you know, just something. Mm -hmm. And so it, once that only relationship that I had kind of crashed and burned, you know, I felt, you know, empty. And so I went back to Portland and we have this pier uh, it's on Sunset Lake. And I went out there maybe at like 10 a.m. And I prayed for about maybe seven, eight hours. Mm. But it wasn't just like any prayer. And it wasn't like the good old like thank you, Lord mm. type of prayer. It was, you know, I was cussing. I was, you know, yelling. I was and I was kind of just asking him like, all right, well, one, why did you make me the way you did? Mm -hmm. And and if you're real, show your face. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. just kind of like show so you Show were wrestling. Real. You were wrestling. With yeah. God. yeah. Yeah. I was wrestling. I was, I was like, look, I don't believe in you. If you mm. want me to believe in you, show me something. Wow. And so, um, you know, I definitely think he showed me something. Okay. Um, you know, there was, there was an, uh, apartments that I was in charge. You know, I had a bunch of roommates, 
um, I had three roommates. We were looking for an apartment, and it didn't look pretty. Like we were, we might have been like homeless going into the next mm. semester. And like literally the next day when I get back from that prayer, I get a call. It said like ten people dropped off the waiting list. Wow. You want it? And I think at that point I was like, wow, you know, you definitely did show something, you know. But for me, it was like, all right, well, I want more, yeah. you know, at the time. Yeah. And so you know, for me, you know, I I went back to college. And for me, you know, aerospace, I grew up in uh, any, I think any minority that you grow up in, the the common teaching is you're going to go to school and only yeah. school and you're going to do good. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> for me, school was everything. Mm-hmm. And so like going to church, going to midweeks, having time set aside to actually study the Bible, not just like 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. like two hours of the day, mm-hmm. you know, basically another class. Um, it was very hard for me to kind of like give up because I wanted to keep my 4.0 average. I wanted to do all that thing. And so when I went back, um, I was like, you know what? Like I need, I need my time to study, but you know, let me seek first the kingdom. Mm. And the biggest thing I think that jumped out at me was that I spent maybe, maybe a fourth of my time. Like I took, if if you, if I spent a hundred percent of my time studying, I narrowed that down to 40% and my grades actually went up. Wow. So it was like, yeah, I don't know um, whether or not like I needed that spiritual break because by all means, my day wasn't, it, it got more busy. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have that break. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, I spent less time studying for classes and also didn't really like ease my schedule back mm-hmm. and I got better grades. You know, it was kind of like, all right, things are starting to, you know, be in place. And and I think those were like the moments that I was like, all right, God's showing his face, you know. And um, for me, it was like, all right, let me make this decision um, and let me make it with all my heart because he's showing me things. And I'm pretty sure he's going to show me things later. And 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 he definitely did. You know, mm-hmm. after I got baptized, he definitely did show his face a lot more after I got baptized, wow. actually. Wow, you said a word right there. <laughs> you had some nuggets all in there. That was good. All right, Karen, you're up. Yes, I don't know if I can compare it to him. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, pretty much most of my life, we grew up religious, like going to church every day, mm-hmm. um, having Bible studies as a family. Yeah. Usually every night we would pray together. Uh, my dad would be the one to usually read scriptures. Um, so religion was more of a culture okay. and with a lot of, um, African cultures, a lot of British colonized, colonized cultures, they indoctrinated Christianity into people's cultures. All right. So it was kind of like, oh, this is just something that we do. Okay. Like all Africans are Christians. That was like my mindset growing up. Okay. And so, um, grew, grew up getting into like just the flow of things. Things were just natural. Um, but we learned how to act like Christians, mm. but you were never really taught how to exactly be a Christian. Okay. Even if you wanted it, you were like, okay, like I know I want a relationship with God, but you don't know exactly what to do. Okay. Um, you just know how to save face and just look like you have everything put together. Okay. Um, and then what changed was right after I graduated from high school, my sister was studying the Bible. Mm. And so uh, she was at T 
UTW. Okay. And so she was studying with people from UNT okay. up there. Um, and then she came down for the summer and continued to study with um, some people from UTA. Okay. And so she started bringing me out. And I was going out to Wednesday events. Okay. And um, I didn't like it at first. <laughs> I was like, people are too nice. <laughs> I I'm antisocial. That's people. I'm the same way. When I first started coming yeah. around the church, I was like, "Why is everyone looking at me while I'm singing? Like, yeah. what are they looking at?" And they're like, "Oh, they come. They just give you a hug." And you're like, yeah. "I don't know. You yeah, stop. Like, I need fifty feet." Yeah. So that was my first thing, and I was like, "Oh, the people here are fake. They're over here smiling at me. They don't even know me." And I was a, I was really mean. Oh, I was really, really? mean. I wouldn't yeah. get that from you. Because I'm really quiet and antisocial. Oh, okay. So for me to not have people around me, I'd be really rude to people. Oh, so then they wouldn't want to come up to me. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so um, after that, because uh, I think by that point, I was only going to church like only on Sundays. Okay. But we would go in right before right before like the ser- actual service would start so we'd make sure that would wait for all the greeting to be over mm. and then would leave right after service was over <laughs> so no one would catch us yeah as we go out and then my sister um she was talking to me and she was like oh how are you doing spiritually and i was like i'm good and then i just walk off because uh-huh. in my head like that's all i had to answer and she's like no seriously like how are you doing yeah And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to church, read my Bible once a week. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) And she was like, no, like, so if you die right now, where do you think you're going? Mm -hmm. And I was like, how do you ask me that question? Uh And I left upset. And then I came back crying. And I was like, I'm not going to make it to heaven. Because I knew in my heart, like, I wasn't following God. I didn't really want to. I was lazy. I more so just cared about myself. And so um, after that, I started coming out a little more, um, and then I ended up moving to San Antonio for my first year of school, and that's when uh, I ended up meeting up with a couple people over there, and I think my first, the first day I met one of the sisters down there, uh, she asked me to sleep over at her house, and I just said yes, and Uh, I I didn't even know her, (laughs) and so sleeping over her house, it was like, I don't know, you could just, I could see a difference within her Uh from anyone else. Uh Like, my roommate was like, you're crazy. And I was like, no, like, I can feel the light in them. Yeah. I could just see them, like, exuding it. And that's what what I want Uh because I knew that I didn't have that. Okay. And I never saw that in my life because everyone that I was around was religious, but Mm. you could see that it wasn't really being put into practice. It wasn't genuine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So then seeing that in San Antonio, that's what changed me around. And I was just like, yeah, like I've already dropped everything. Yeah. I just didn't have anything else to hold on to. Mm. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to hold on to God okay. and to let him be my companion. Okay. Because I was kind of lonely. Okay. Right then. But yeah, so that was mine. Mm. And I've enjoyed it ever since. It was a struggle coming back to Dallas. Oh. Because I was only in San Antonio for a year. Okay. And it was very structured over there. Mm. So it was definitely a lot easier okay. things. It was a lot easier to evangelize because you're literally always around people. Mm. And so you just, if you're, if you're around somebody, you're evangelizing. Okay. And so there was a lot more routine to it. Okay. Um, and then coming here, it was more like, you got to do it yourself. And so that kind of threw me off a little bit. I was really? Like, oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I felt like I didn't have any friends. I was a little mm-hmm. bitter having to come back because okay. I didn't do well in school. Okay. Which okay. is the reason why I came back to Dallas. Okay. And I was living with my parents, which was another struggle because it was trying to fight. Like I used to have my freedom in San Antonio. Mm. Didn't have to mm. like, um, I didn't have to come back to anybody. I didn't have anyone telling me, hey, you have a curfew. Yeah. So that was hard too. So that definitely made me struggle spiritually. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to fall away. And so one week I didn't go to church one Sunday. And um, I ended up going to like another random church mm-hmm. that I just found online. And I was sitting there in service and I was like, why am I looking for something I already have? Mm. And so I was like, that's a word. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like uh, where else would I go type thing. Yeah. And it's like I felt. Just that one week, I felt empty. Mm. And so I realized, like, God is what I need. It might be hard. Living a disciple life is definitely hard. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't give it up for anything else. And I think after that, it's been pretty firm. Okay. Yeah. So how old are you guys? We are both 23. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, (laughs) compared to you, brother. Okay. (laughs) And and then okay, so when did y'all become um, disciples? I was nineteen. Oh wow! Oh yeah, you were young. Did, now, yeah, because I remember when you. We had been here for a minute. Golly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I remember so. when you became. I didn't go to your baptism, but I remember when they announced you had the uh, Fabio hair. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this dude, yeah, the line. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. It's been you, about four years. When did you get baptized? Around the same time, I was nineteen. Oh. It was October two thousand fourteen for both of us. Oh, she wow. got baptized the week, week after. after me. Yeah, that oh. is pretty cool. I know. Yeah, and actually, see so what what day is today? The twenty third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's only been four days after the four four year mark. So on the October nineteenth. In 2014 okay, is when I got baptized. Wow. And, and mine is up. in three days. Yeah. The 26th. Oh, wow. That is cool. Yeah. So, so how did... Oh, go ahead, babe. Yeah. So um, we can... So yeah, you're going to say, how did y'all meet? Yep. And, that was going to be it. We can, you know, just how did you guys meet? And then we'll spend some time just kind of talking about just how... I mean, did you guys had relationships before this? Yeah. Kind of Pablo, like, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, no, for sure. I definitely did. <laughs> I had one one experience, and then I became a feminist, and I was like, guys, are stupid. <laughs> well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. That's a good, that's a perspective. Anyway, that's okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, first, how did you guys meet? Yeah. Uh, well, she kind of, she kind of said a little bit of it around that time where she was struggling and kind of going to different churches. I was kind of. Um, you know, she came back and she didn't have a, she didn't, she never had a ride to church. And so for me, it, occasionally me and I think it was Savannah at the time. And I don't know who else, you know, picked you up and dropped you off, but I was one of the, I was one of the campus guys that, you know, would pick her up, take her to church and, you know, take her home. That was the first time we met and, and we had some interesting conversations in the car. I think, um, I think for me, I think. I don't re- remember the exact, you know, conversation we had, but it was kind of just kind of like, you know, come back, you know, it's 
just being selfish. Mm-hmm. I didn't say it like that, but it, it came he off. Did end up saying it was kind of Did hard. I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I think when I was when I was younger as a disciple, I would definitely try to uh, sugarcoat as many things as possible. Now I just kind of like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So. No, I think what uh, what helped was because the um, the first time he ever gave me a ride, I asked every other sister for a ride. And nobody could pick me up. And so one of the sisters was like, okay, I'm going to go send a brother to come pick you up. Okay. So I get in the car with him, and he's speeding at first <laughs> on our way to church. And so I'm sitting there freaking out like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die today. <laughs> Funny story about that, actually. Yeah. And then I was a little quiet at boot camp. And then on the way back when he was dropping me off, that's when I told him, like, everything that I was kind of going through. Yeah. And so... He did a good job at it, but um, he was kind of like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And then he was like, yeah, you're being selfish. Like, <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly don't think I said it like that. Yes, you did. I don't think definitely. so. <laughs> I mean, oh. it worked. It was respectful, but it was yeah. definitely, it, it wasn't, he said something that no one else was telling me. Mm, and okay. so I could tell that he had listened to what I was saying yeah. and he understood me, but he was telling me more so... He was telling me what I knew, but he was telling me in a different way. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's what helped because it kept me from being stubborn because okay. I was being really stubborn before that. And so just realizing like, oh, yeah, I need a change. Uh-huh. So when did y'all become a couple? Like, how did that happen? Mm. Like, so y'all started out, it was just a simple ride and, hey, you're being selfish. Oh, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah. Okay, so... What got the wheels the mo- moving? <laughs> you want, you want me to explain that? <laughs> yeah, because um, it was interesting. <clears throat> it is very interesting. <laughs> so, I was pursuing someone else at the time. Um, it happens. You know, we're, <laughs> I, I honestly had no no feelings toward her. Uh-huh. Um, you know, at that time, it was really just... You know, just friendship, you know, mm-hmm. it was just genuine friendship, you know, just. And so I was pursuing someone else. But the, the problem with that one was, is that it was also just a genuine friendship. I really, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I tried to give it as much. I tried, you know, I tried to you know feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for me, it just it just didn't work. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I had to go through some learning curves along the way. But, you know, a major learning curve for me was, you know, as I was pursuing, you know, I fell into some impurity while I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got open about it as, you know, disciples should. And, and I got rebuked. I got mm-hmm. corrected. And I think at that time I was feeling like low, I think low mentally, low spiritually. And so, you know, like I'm, I need to go and, and take a trip. You know, um, Jacob and Janelle were the campus leaders at the time. Okay. Actually, they still are, but they were okay. back then. And so, you know, they're taking a trip to San Antonio to, to you know, to encourage the ministry down there, mm-hmm. give them a, a, a Friday night Devo lesson. And mm-hmm. so like, well, let me tag along. Oh, excuse me. So I went with a buddy in Clarence and, you know, C- Karen had heard about it. She's from San Antonio. So she went down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we get down there and I promise you, like it hadn't been four days after all this. And 
and basically we get down there and I'm like thinking, wow, Karen's really spiritual. Like, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm crap, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling so down. I'm like, man, she'd be great to keep me on the straight and narrow. You know, this is what I'm thinking. And I was like, man, I could really see myself with her. And I thought about it for so long. I thought that you know, that thought process, like, man, I could definitely see her, see myself with her, Yeah. you know? Um, and you know, it got to the point where I was like, you know, let me, cause I think for, I don't know if people will admit it or not, but before you date, you kind of like picture yourself dating, mm-hmm. you know, just to make sure that you, in your mind, you can see yourself in that relationship. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm thinking, you know, and I'm, and I, I'm picturing us together and I'm like, you know what? I think it definitely could work. And so I tell Clarence that night and he's like, bro, you got to chill. You know, you just came off this, you know, this, you know, whatever you like yeah. to call it. Um, and I was like, bro, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't even think about it. Well, you know, I'm sinful and I still think about it. And we're driving up. <clears throat> she rode down with Jacob and Janelle. So, and then Jacob and Janelle had to leave early and she wanted to catch up with some old friends. So we were like, well, we'll stay in the area for a little bit longer. When we're going, we're like, we're heading back up to Dallas from San Antonio. We stopped by a gas station. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, she's sitting shotgun and Clarence is in the back seat and we stop for gas. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to picture us together. <laughs> and I go and I get, you know, I, I pull the gas nozzle out and she goes, I don't know what you said. You said something. I was looking for a charger. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. She was like, hey, you have a charger. Mm. And I turn, and I promise you, instinct was like, what was that, babe? <laughs> and like, and I was like. And then all of us in the car, literally like eyes open, like, and then me outside, I got my hand on my uh, hand on top of the hood or on top of the car. And I'm like looking down, like, what did I just say? Yeah. Like I didn't say it, but I was like, uh, and I couldn't recover. And everyone in the car just starts laughing, but me. I'm like, <laughs> I, tried, know, like, I tried helping him at first. Yeah, she was like, I was like, I'm gonna pretend like this didn't happen. Yeah. So I was like, where's your charger at? Like, I just try yeah, to keep going with yeah, the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And he was frozen. I was like, I was frozen. I'm like, what did I just do? My goodness. And so I, at the time, like, honestly, I, I didn't think I liked her. This was just all like picturing myself yeah. with her and it, and, you know, got caught up, in got caught up and got caught up thinking about mind. it. Anyway, fast forward, fast forward about a month and a half. And I think, you know, I get open. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm starting to develop real feelings for Karen. Um, and the initial thought was like, bro, you just got off this really bad relationship that mm-hmm. kind of off and on thing that you were got going. Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't seem legit, you yeah. know, it doesn't seem legitimate. And so, you know, I started liking her. I think the trip was around October and, and I started liking her around November. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably November, December, like mid December. I remember going home November. for going home for Christmas mm-hmm. yeah. and, and that's when I like was like, yeah, you know, I like her. You know, um, but she didn't like me. <laughs> and so and and especially with, you know, the past sin and, and everything that had gone through is mm-hmm. like she definitely had to, you know. I guess you could say, like, sift me or sift mm-hmm. my feelings, making sure that, you know, what was left was, you know, was real. Yeah. So I pursued her for like maybe seven months mm-hmm. and, and to the point where it's like because, well, you know, I left out a, a crucial point. The girl I was previously pursuing mm-hmm. 
was her discipler. Oh, man. And so during the time when they were like, where he was realizing like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. There's no feelings. And so when he broke it off, we're talking about all of this. Oh. And so I'm like, girl, if he ain't right, just drop yeah. it, leave it. Like, there's no point in, like, trying to mess with it. Don't yeah. try to mend something that's broken and cannot yeah. be It mended. looked really bad, trust yeah. me, yeah. for a really long time until, you know. So yeah. for people that don't know what the term discipler oh, is, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a person that basically is, like, a, a Christian mentor to you and, like, you're sitting at their feet your student, their teacher. So this is a person that Karen was sitting at her feet and helping her and guiding her through her spiritual walk. Yeah. And on top of that, we were friends too. Uh So it's like, we would be together a lot. Mm -hmm. We'd hang out a lot and talk a lot about things. And, um, I remember he had, whenever, whenever he was ending it, he was trying to like make it sure that, Oh, this is final. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause it was was off and on. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he was like, this like it's the end um don't get upset if you see me move on with somebody else Mm -hmm. pretty much letting her know that hey like this isn't like we're gonna come back to it later Mm -hmm. and so she was like who is that person Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know who that person is (laughs) (laughs) no because she really didn't you know Um, yeah she had no idea i liked her until like march so you're like, part that, of a whole equation and you're just like, girl, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. And I didn't like him at that time. I was just like, yo, he's my friend. Because we'd always hang out and we'd hang out all three of us together as mm-hmm. well and stuff. So um, I, did, I didn't start liking him till the end of December. Mm-hmm. It was more so, and I cried too when I figured it out. Oh. I was yeah. She my sister was like, I'm we'll a find out everything. <laughs> yeah, kindred spirits. I'm a crier, but I don't understand my own emotions. Oh, okay, it's really weird. Me and Melvin are connecting like no. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I like, understand my emotions. I just let it flow. I'm just like I'm supposed to cry, so God wants me to do this right now. Yeah. And, then, and then me and Melvin go to another room and pray. We're like, please give us a patient. Please give us a patient. He tells me too. Sometimes I'm crying. He was like, I think you should pray right now, and I'm yeah. like. Okay. <laughs> uh, booger. You ever see like the little giants? Uh, the kid that goes to practice and yeah. start blowing that bubble. That's what she looked like after yeah. one of her episodes. Yeah, but in December, what really like secured that I liked him was um so in December we had prayer partners. Mm-hmm. So we had a list where everyone had somebody that they had to call every single day of December. It was supposed to help hold each other accountable because uh, around that time, everyone's going home, splitting mm-hmm. up. Yeah, You're not from campus. From yeah. College, yeah. You don't get that encouragement from being around each other. Mm-hmm. So um, when we were on the phone with each other, everyone else was like a 30-minute conversation mm-hmm. min- maximum. That was it. We were on the phone for, I think, two to three hours. Wow. And we were just like, what? And then after I hung out with him, I called um, my friend Savannah, and then I called Janelle. And I was like, okay, I'm willing to admit that I like him now. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of secured it. And I think Savannah told me that he called her the same day Mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, I really like Karen. Mm -hmm. And so that's when, but I didn't think that he liked me. I had no idea. I was like, I'm way out of his league. Like, no, wow. I'm way out of his league. He's way out of my league. Yeah, that's the right way to put it. Around. 
really. It's uh-huh. <laughs> the other way around. So I had no idea. And I don't show my emotions. Uh-huh. So I wasn't showing that I liked him uh-huh. even when I did. So that got him frustrated because he thought that I didn't like him for the longest. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is like uh, Pluto to Mars. I don't know if those two things are far away, but uh, compared to, you know, what the world does and what Kimberly and I, yeah, like indeed. our dating relationship um, and, you know, people listening to this, it, it's, you know, it, it can seem almost like weird, just the amount of consideration. So like you talked about, you know, the first thing you felt was like, she's super spiritual and, mm. you know, maybe she can keep me on track, um, you know, uh, like sifting him out and, and just these different things. Are there some, did you find any of the spiritual part of it like did did any of it seem weird or difficult like to figure out how to navigate dating as as christians was that whole thing simple for you guys or did you find any difficulties in just understanding it you know what i mean i'll give you an example so for example like i dated i was in campus ministry and i dated in the kingdom and um, I don't know if this was weird or not weird, but um, I was super, like, I I showed, like, I, I kept myself no affection, like, more maybe hugs, but, like, I, I'm not doing any, like, I just, it was, I'm, I don't know if it was overdoing it or what, but I definitely felt awkward, you know, dating as a Christian, knowing how to go from, this certain this certain interaction with with sisters to now i've got this interaction that's kind of more but not you know what i mean it was it was a weird i remember it being a weird spot for me to kind of navigate and i'm pretty sure i butchered it but you know it was a weird spot for me yeah yeah i know for me it's super hard you know um yeah well i think well, for one, you know, this is a radio podcast, so you can't really see what we look like. But if you were to look at me, I'm a whitewashed Mexican. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> I well, hey, you know, you, you call it as it is. And so, you know, um, you know, Karen, Karen is African. So you, you can you, she's black, you know, color of her skin. And, you know, for me, I never dated a black girl. Um, and well, I did, but I didn't before, you know, it wasn't, it didn't, I didn't, I didn't consider it. And so for me, you know, I think knowing my past, knowing what I came from, you know, I, I was, I, I definitely looked for the physical attributes a lot, mm-hmm. way, way above, yeah. you know, the, the, the conversational or the spiritual or and so for me, I mean, that, yeah, that was a lot. It was really hard for me to adjust. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, in the, the prior girl that I was pursuing, I tried it. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried it. She wasn't, she was a very pretty girl, very, you know, beautiful inside um, and, and out, you know. But for me, it just, you know, I didn't consider her as, you know, as wrong as it says, you know, as wrong as it sounds. Anyway, I didn't consider her to to be 
attractive in my eyes. You know what I mean? And but I she was a great friend. We had great conversations. She was amazing. You know, she was spiritual. And but I tried to do, you know, what I hadn't done prior. And and it, yeah, you know, I think um it was very hard for me to see you know, all the, the things I should look out for, mm. um, prior to, you know, prior to Karen. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it does take a lot, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, to, to get your mind out of that mentality. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say it's never going to leave you, you know, Karen is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, I think just the fact that, you know, honestly, um, Karen, it, Without Christ, I, I wouldn't be married to Karen, mm. you know, no. Um, and so, you know, Karen definitely, um, it took me a while, you know what I mean? I think in in Christ, you know, I've, I've been baptized four years ago, mm-hmm. and we're just now married, you know. Mm-hmm. It took me three, it took me, what, three and a half, close to, so three, three years and, say, what, eight months mm-hmm. to kind of get out of that mentality, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, you know, it takes a while. It takes a lot to train, mm-hmm. to renew your mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for sure. It, it was a really hard for me. And I don't think that we said this to the audience, but they've been married for three months. So mm-hmm. they are like. Yeah, anything we miss, we'll, we'll <clears throat> double back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're, okay. We're fresh off the altar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me, um, I don't want to say just it wasn't as hard, but for me, I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like even when I was younger, before even like becoming baptized and actually being serious about my relationship with God, um, I knew that I wanted a godly man. Mm-hmm. And so in high school, I was in a very short term relationship for two months and I was like, this isn't worth it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's it's not worth me dating somebody that it's not going to go anywhere. I can't see myself marrying. In high school, I'm too young to get married. So mm-hmm. why should I invest so much into something that's just going to go away? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't date at all after that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not even going to try it. There were guys that I liked, but I just knew. I was like, a relationship is not what I need. Mm-hmm. And so whenever it came to him... um. The reason why it took so long was because I was praying and fasting the whole time. Mm. I was trying to make sure, like, God, like, one, can I see myself, even before we started dating, mm-hmm. is this somebody that I could marry? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, oh, I see all everything, but does he have the, one of the basic things? So does he love you, mm. first and foremost? Yeah. Um, is he dedicated? Is he just saying that he loves you, or is he actually putting it into action? Okay. Um, and even just kind of his mindset, like, is he driven? Um, is he caring and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Um, and then, two, it's just like, am I ready for it mm-hmm. as well? Am I ready to be in a relationship? Because if I'm not ready, I don't want to be in it. Wow. So that's why it took so long. And he was getting very impatient. Oh, I'm but... so impatient. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. understand. <laughs> and not to be prideful, but everything I do, I do decently well uh-huh. the first time. And you know, Christianity is not one of those things. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and her, you know, was oh, not yeah. one of those things. So trust me, patience is not my virtue. But you know what? It's really good to hear your take, Karen, because I think as women, we 
society has trained us to have this type of life. We're supposed to grow up. We're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have kids and, you know, maybe you can have a career, maybe not, but it's like, you're trained to do that. And like, you really took the time to like, ask important questions not to him like this was even before you got to him it's like okay me and you God what is it that you need for me to see if I need to be here if not then I'm okay and being very surrendered to that you know um because I I know many women now who are so they feel pressured that like I gotta get married I gotta get married and it seems like you were very like I'm sure it was not easy for you, but you know, with saying I prayed and I fast and these are the things that I was looking at. That's so not what society says that women are supposed to do. Like we're looking to be found, like put yourself in a position to get you a godly man. And you're yeah. like, I ain't even studying yet. God, <laughs> what are you telling me to do? Yeah. That's great. That's really good. Good stuff. We did not date <laughs> in the kingdom. I I mean at least he was we he was in campus ministry. I would have to say, I would have to confess that I was part of the reason why he fell away from the church. Uh I can't take all of that on, but I definitely was a factor because we met yeah. in college. No, no, no. Because <laughs> no, here goes the thing. Is at by that time, I think I had allowed myself to be spiritually more spiritually numb because as mm. as a disciple, like I I would not even be attracted to I don't care how beautiful you are. Like it was like because I'm looking at the rest of my life. Like spiritually, like my goals and my thoughts and my dreams are all surrounded around, you know, spiritual I guess, achievements, like working for God, doing things for God. And those things were the things that were attractive to me. And I think as a, that's like a barometer period, like spiritually, especially for a man, um, because I just, I don't want to generalize, but this is the truth, man. We're just, we're woven differently, like at, like hunters almost, you know, to me. And, uh, I think that the carnal man, let me say that, and the human Melvin would really, you know, I'm the person that would go out and and be attracted to the physical things and go back and forth over all that. But as a, you know, a spiritually minded person, I wouldn't have, there would have been nothing that you could have done that would have, number one, I would have never put myself in a position to be tempted like that. You know what I'm saying? So it was, I I had allowed myself to become spiritually dull. Maybe Mm -hmm. not. Just hard hearted. But just dull. You know what I'm saying? Dull enough that, and nobody would have uh, known that. Like it, I was going to child, very active. I was studying the Bible with people, but it was like, inside like just dull you know what I mean not really going after it and so like my eyes could kind of go outside of where my goals used to be so nonetheless we definitely did not have a spiritual dating uh relationship and I think that uh I think a lot of times like like what God has for you he has for you yeah 
like, let's say I would have been, I'd have handled this spiritually. Because I definitely had times. Because the first time I met her, like, you know. I asked him because he used to go to church all the time. And we go to a college town. We went to the University of Tennessee, which is a college town in Knoxville. And churches are, they're trying to recruit college kids like that's just how it goes and I remember asking him how come I never go to your church and he was like so like now as a disciple I know what that kind of response really means at a heart level because Mm. if he was in a spiritual place I would have been at the church, you know. Yeah, that would have been our interaction. I'd have been like, "Let me give you this sister's this number." Sister's number. Yeah. Gonna call you, and, and I still could have been like, "Man, I want, I like this girl, God. You know, if you can, yeah, bring no. her around. Oh, trust me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I had the same, same, yeah, same experience. And it's like it's amazing because his conversion story is like to me so miraculous. And it wasn't until like about a year and a half ago where I started to see how God's hand was on my conversion story, because in all honesty, the way that we started, I shouldn't be a disciple and neither should he, because when we really got to a point where we were really like dating seriously, he stopped going to church. And like I said, I asked, how many people that you're pursuing actually asked to go to your church? I asked, I was like, well, you are so busy. and You talk about all these people that you have relationships with. I would love to go to church with you. And he would never give me an answer as to why I could not, you know, now I know, but at the time I did not. And fast forward, we go, we go and we date for four years. We get married. We were married for like, what, like three years. And then randomly his old college roommate who was his best friend invites him to church because they were in between evangelists and he was preaching and we go. And a month later he moves to Texas, but I still go to the church. And I meet Sarah. Well, she was Sarah Evans at the time. And here's, here's the gotcha. This is how God is so wonderful. So he gets a job. We had already planned to move out here before we started going back to the church. And that was just a one time, hey, Birch wants me to come. I, I think it's really important that I go. Okay, cool. You know, we like what we hear. You know, he gets the transfer to come out here. I decide to still go because they met at four o'clock in the evening. So that meant I could sleep in and I was working on my master's degree so I could have me some time and I can go to church still. And I, he, and he gets connected with the church out here. Cause we were living in Arlington, Sarah, who was then in the East. Mm-hmm. I think she was in yeah. the East comes to service to help connect him. And that's where she meets Josh mm. when she's helping Melvin to get connected with the church. Meanwhile, I'm going to church and I'm just like looking at all these people with their Bibles. I mean, everyone, kids, teenagers, <laughs> and everybody's getting to the Bible quicker than me. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm still turning. <laughs> and it's practical messages. And I come home, I'm talking to him on the phone because I'm not, I'm still in Tennessee at the time and I'm asking him spiritual questions. And he was like, well, why don't you talk to some of the sisters them and out there? And I was like, I don't know them, but I know you. So you explain it to me. <laughs> and he was like, well, just think about talking to the sisters. No, that's not going to happen. So can you answer my question? A couple of weeks go by and I keep having questions and more questions. And then I just blurt out to one of the sisters, Hey, can I sit down and study with you? Random. Like, where did that come from? 
And that's where my journey starts, you know? And so, and then I, I end up graduating, moving out here and the sisters out here finish my studies. I get baptized and there we go, you know, but it's like starting out and how we started, like I shouldn't be a disciple, but I should be a disciple because God's hand was on us, you know? So, um, that's funny. I know. Like, uh, thank you, Father. <laughs> so, one thing that I did see becoming a disciple or, you know, being married uh, without, you know, it being centered around God versus our marriage now, it's almost like I'm married to a different person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I'm actually very grateful for this um, kind of. T- two different viewpoints of, of what marriage can be. Um, because it's almost like I have the cheat code, you know what I mean? Like having the spirit and having like the Bible as your standard, it's almost like it's not, it's not fair because you always have this place to start from and it makes, you know, just life is just so much, it's just such a better marriage. I mean, as funny as it sounds, it's so practical. Mm -hmm. Like I, I can't even understand how how we made it yeah. bef- without that. Um, how have you guys, um, so even though you were disciples going into this, how has the transition of being Pablo Christian, Karen Christian, been going into being mm. Garza's Christian? We are one. Yeah. Like how, how has that transition been? All of three months. <laughs> yeah. You want to answer that? Um, I can try to answer and then you could finish. Um, but I feel like the transition was really smooth because the difference with uh, dating as disciples was that there was a huge focus on our friendship. Mm. Right. So the fact that that's all we could really do was focus on yeah. all we talk about is friendship stuff and spiritual stuff. Yeah. So that kind of helped grow us. And then the fact that we we're already friends before mm. we started dating, um, that helped a lot. So then whenever we got into our marriage, we knew how to talk to each other. He knew how to handle my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew how to be, how to let him have a little bit of space. Mm-hmm. Still have to work on it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it's like those those basic things that people argue about, which is usually communication issues. Yeah. We haven't had those yet. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a very smooth tradition going into <laughs> being married. Yeah. I think we got the I think we got the complete opposite. I think we communicate too much. Uh, like maybe sometimes says the not, man. Uh, you know, oh. like there are times we're like, you know, and I should probably, I should have probably kept my mouth shut on that one. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what? Uh, we could talk about this in a different setting mm. or, you know, most of the time it's just kind of like spur of the moment. You know, we really don't hold much in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, yeah, she says, you know, we're best friends and before we were you know, married. And I think we are, we're, we're friends and we're best friends before we're married but I think, you know, it's it's a different kind of best friend, you know, when, you know, compared to like me and Karen versus like, say, me and another bro, you mm-hmm. know, or me and another um, high school friend I yeah. grew up with. You yeah, know, it's, it's it's a little different. You yeah. Know? You hear, you know, best friend. Some people can think of it as a little cliche, but mm-hmm. it's it's not. It's, yeah, it's really not. Yeah, I think yeah. it, I think if you if you can have the conversations and you can 
you can wake up in the morning and you can, you know, talk to her, you know, force her to get out of bed, you mm-hmm. know, or, um, you know, ask what's for dinner. And mm-hmm. if she can't cook, then you're cooking, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I think honestly, we, we're really, we're a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. you know, I think right now, right now, <laughs> right now, we're actually, we're adding a little spice to our to our lives we're picking up a puppy this weekend oh, mm-hmm. so. oh man i thought you were about to say something else. <laughs> oh, oh exclusive hey but you know what Hold like, up. mexicans will pop them out but yeah. not that quick hey look man a puppy a puppy yeah. may have been harder yeah <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah we'll, we, we'll yeah. see she has no prior puppy experience i have a little bit um so we've, we've just been watching puppy videos and yeah. like training videos. Like, yeah. what, what do we need to do, you know? Yeah. But you know what we, stinks? I think I just threw away, like, a lot of, a lot of dogs. Yeah, because we had, we, our puppy, well, she ran away after we mm-hmm. had our first one, our oh. first daughter. And we brought her from Tennessee. Yeah, that's my little homie. Yeah, I don't but miss her. Oh. <laughs> I miss her. I miss her. I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I think he'll be more emotionally connected. Oh, I'm going to be so. I told her today, I was like, you know, inevitably the dog will die. You know? And that day I will probably cry for a couple days straight. You know? I might have to take some sick days. It will be your first baby. It will be your first baby. So. Yeah. Well, um,. I just, I wanted to make a comment, you know, like when you were saying about the best friends, you know, it, and as your marriage grows and evolves, like there was a point in our marriage where it's like, you literally know me better than anybody on this earth. Like, you know me better than my mom and she gave birth to me and I know you better than anyone else because you'll just start op- you just start just stories will just start popping up from your childhood and your perspective mm-hmm. on things and you know I didn't really like that as a kid do you know that's how I was when I was in school you know you'll mm-hmm. just start hearing things that are on that's your safe zone you know and yeah. then it's like it's not cliche to hear it because it's like literally like I can tell his nonverbal cues like none other. He can be in a room and everybody can just think, oh, Melvin. I'm like, oh, Melvin is very upset, guys. Y'all better back up. Like, <laughs> like I can tell all his nonverbal cues. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's good. That's good. I, um, I did want to share just a, a couple of little uh, tidbits here. To, um, So I think you guys had the you know, the, the, the communication is the biggest thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? From, from at least from our experience and from everybody we've talked to in, in its work, you know what I mean? Like, um, one thing is, uh, for Kimberly and I, we're kind of just like you guys, like we were best friends. I don't talk to people. Like I don't talk on the phone a no. lot. I don't, <clears throat> yeah, it's not my Can't thing, man. But with Kimberly, I'd be on the phone for like hours hours. and I'm just, that's just not my thing. You know what I mean? And, um, that she's always been a person who it came really easy with. And I think probably me more than her. Um, I, I think I took that for granted maybe. And we just didn't work on that as much anymore. 
Um, and, and it came like we would, it's maybe happened about like last year or something where like we just were arguing over dumb stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it just clicked like, man, we used to be, this used to be our thing, like being able to talk. And we've never been like the let things linger type of people. We've always like addressed things, but it just seemed like we were arguing over the dumbest things day after day after day. And it was like, wait, this is ridiculous. And what it really brought me to a conviction of is like, you got to work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Work on your strong point. You know what I mean? If this is y'all's go-to, like if communication is y'all's like strong point, always just work on making sure that you're building on those bridges. Because especially as disciples, you know, as friends, you can't, uh, you can only be so intimate with one another. And like, open up so much and it doesn't matter as disciples or or not when you marry someone you know you all the walls come down you know what i mean and so you can be way more vulnerable but some people don't take advantage of that extra vulnerability i remember um as a married couple like i didn't talk to her about like my credit for like was it a year no, it was leading up to our marriage. Leading up to our marriage. Yeah. Like, and, and I was horrible financially. Horrible. Like, but, you know, I never, like, leading up to our marriage, I it was still something that was, like, I couldn't talk about. And, because I was ashamed, really. But, you know, getting married, I had to drop those walls. And it was the best thing ever because I'm good, good financially. And, and so, <laughs> like, it, yeah. let's it, fix this. Yeah. It helped me. It helped me to feel empowered. Like, wait, I could do this. And now, you know, I'm I'm good good financially. You know what I mean? I can can make better decisions. But um, all that is to say is continue to, like, take advantage of those walls that come down. And then um, for everybody here, there's this scripture everybody reads probably. It's that uh, Ephesians 5, Rules for Christian Households, right? And uh, this has been kind of like my my go-to for the last week or so. Um, and it's, it starts out like submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord for the, the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also should wives submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Uh, to make her holy, cleansing her by washing her with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they do their own bodies. Uh, Now, I think y'all's mission really is to kind of figure out what that means. Like, how how do you play this out in your lives right um i think the thing that is obvious period is that when it talks about you know y'all's dynamic and uh it i think sometimes it could be taken like i'm the leader in whatever like my leadership has very little to do with me in terms of like it has everything kimberly chooses to submit 
out of reverence for God. Mm-hmm. Definitely not because I do not a better because job. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. You have to say that. <laughs> well, look, we gotta yeah, keep we gotta yeah, keep yeah. it clear for the people. I do it yeah. for God. Yeah. Not for them. Because I, for God. I am a cluster the majority of the times. And and not that doesn't bad. mean that like He's nine not. times out of ten, I don't get my way. You know what I mean? I go Wait with, a minute. <laughs> I'm talking about in the but anyway. Um but I you smell know, dirty laundry. She, all right, listen, for real. <laughs> she, you know, she submits to me, but my job um, is to number one, cleanse her with the word. You know what I'm saying? Like our job as husbands is to cleanse her with the word. So those two things are like solid. But the thing that I have learned is when, you know, by her choosing to do that, like she's putting a lot of trust in me and I have to, I always try to make sure that I think of like how Jesus sacrificed for us. How did Jesus show us his, his love for us? You know what I mean? How, how do I do the same thing to, to Kimberly? And it's, I put myself, I try to always put myself last in this sense. Like when we're talking about when everything is, when we're going to, when I'm, we're making plans, right? I make sure that it's not just always my way. And this may sound silly, to you guys but that may be because that's not the way you think Pablo but I have seen some issues before come up where you know if you're put in this position as as a man you know everything can just be your way and it's only gonna she's either gonna be miserable or she's gonna have a hard time doing that anymore you know what I mean that's something very precious that they entrust to us so I think like I said what this means for me is I have to always evaluate when I'm making decisions, am I considering her, you know, I, I, I put my needs lower. And only because, I think it's just, but that's for me. But ultimately, I want to make sure that we are, I'm being fair in the way that, that I, I make decisions. And it's not just my my way because, you know, be realistic, it's not always the right way, probably nine times out of ten. But... Um, I don't think we always get in my way, but you know, I think, I think that scripture really thinks it's like a dynamic relationship. There is a main, there's a responsibility that needs to be upheld on both ends. You know what I'm saying? And neither one is an easy thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like that, that's why I think that scripture, we can read over it so easily. And it's like women submit to husbands, but men, you also have a responsibility as we have one as well. It's dynamic. We're both moving, you know? And so, um, and it says submit to one another. Yeah. For God. Yeah. I know, uh, something that we try to do that an older couple, had brought up in one of our like marriage classes that we took was that trying to outserve each other, you know, and, you know, also realizing that like for me being such an independent woman, you know, submission intellectually, I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? And so like I had shared with Melvin and the couple that disciples us, the way that I get it is, well, we know that we're helpmates. Some people say helpmates and submission. You have a mission that I need to get under submission. 
You can't not get your mission. You cannot, the mission that God has given you, you cannot accomplish that if I'm not helping you. You know, we are a hand in glove. So my question has turned to what do I need to do to help you do what you need to do? Meaning, first off, to get your mission, you need to be in the word hearing from God. You know, that's where your mission's coming from. So whatever God has told you, how can I help you with that? Because you can't accomplish that without me. And that's powerful, you know, for me. And I was like, now that makes sense. I could get under a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so anyways, God, we're, guys, we're just rambling or anything. Do y'all have anything that y'all want to say or ask or concerns, questions, anything? Yeah. Um, I just think on, like, the humility aspect, um, I remember having a talk with somebody. We were having coupling with uh, Jacob and Janelle Bartlow. Uh-huh. And um, Jacob was like, hey, you need to learn how to submit. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like, I can do what I want. Yeah. But um, <laughs> she she really don't, though. I don't. She yeah. don't do what she wants. I think it's just like, because for me, when I view like submitting, um, the verse that comes to my mind is Philippians 2, 3. So do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, mm. in humility, value others above yourself. Or me. Not looking to your own interest, but to each of you, the interest of others. Or me. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so submitting just doesn't mean shut up and don't do anything. Yeah. Do what you're told. Yeah. It's like, hey, like I'm choosing to value you over myself. Yeah. And so, and it's like, he does the same thing for me. Yeah. And so it helps me to not be prideful because yeah. one, I don't know, is know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but two, it helps me to think about him in situations and yeah. um, how he can lead as a husband, but also just how we can help each other spiritually uh-huh. by putting each other first. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's what I, that's how I think about it. Yeah. yeah trust me, if it was up to me, we'd already have the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the person that's like, wait, let's think about it. You know, we should probably wait a year. Let's just just say I planted that seed well. (laughs) I planted that seed real well. I I, I submitted. I've wanted a dog for a while. I want a new dog. Mm, I can give you some tips, Mama. No. Let me tell you something, man. I've learned uh, that the majority of the time when... uh, Kimberly gives me some feedback like that. It's normally probably right. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not like a definite, like, no, no person or yet like that. Mm-mm. I'm no, no. Because when I think about it, I don't know if I want to get, like, I'd be having to go walk a dog right now. Yeah. Yeah. With it our is two nice children. to just be chilling, watching football. Mm. With but your companion to your left or right. I know. It's yeah, starting no. to get cold outside. I got to think about that. I and mean, you know, hey, I'm with you, man. I want a dog, but hey, I'm I'm chill right now. You know what I mean? We will yeah. eventually get one, but can we get what, the last one out of diapers? I mean, we're already cleaning up after oh, yeah. one. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah. uh, hey, uh-huh. We're getting a we're getting a golden doodle actually, um, and so they're one of we were looking at like a doodle like a burna doodle or like golden doodle or a labradoodle, just anything but a poodle. Uh. You know? um, no, so so they don't shed, mm. and, and and they don't harbor 
like you know with people at, with allergies that are allergic to like dogs that dander and, that, that that skin yeah. dander right yeah um you know with poodles and, and any other um dog that's what you call hypoallergenic um they are they don't they don't shed those dead skin cells that dandruff as mm. much as other dogs do. Okay. And so, you know, that's as far as like, you know, cleaning after the dog, I yeah. think golden doodle or any type of doodle, especially, especially the one we're getting is mixed with a golden retriever. Uh-huh. So it acts like a golden retriever or more so like it. And, and, uh, and has the physical character characteristics of a poodle that doesn't really, like yeah. shed or make messes. See, he wants a about, mastiff. I ain't worried about Ooh. the hair. I'm worried about the dude. Yeah, he wants the mastiff. <laughs> I but, do want a mastiff. Right. <laughs> Have you looked into those uh, Tibetan mastiffs? And that the one that's like looks terrifying. Looks like he could kill a bear. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that one. He ain't got to look into that. <laughs> mastiffs are good dogs, though, man. They're, they're yeah, better no. for, for kids, for sure. Yeah, they're good family dogs. But... Yeah. Well, cool. In the long run. Well, anyways, guys, we appreciate you guys sitting down. We got to know y'all a lot better. Hope y'all got to know us a little bit better. Did y'all have anything else to to share or to? No, nothing I know of. All right. Well, I thought y'all this are was naturals. Awesome. Yeah. Wait, I mean, if you guys want us again, we'll, we we can come back. We like the house. We like this little area you got here. Yeah. Come it's, on, yeah. yeah. Come on back. I'm gonna match. try to sell you on a. Uh, Moving to Cedar Hill, man. <laughs> I should well, join you know, the Chamber I, of I Commerce. Learned, I, wow, wow. No, I, <laughs> I work in, like south of the airport, so it's it it make it it make it a pretty hard commute. Oh no way, man! You take thirty, the back route. You're there. At south 30. of the airport. See the See. back route. Like, is it towards Fort Worth? It's toward like yeah, Fort Worth, Euless, like Euless Hearst area. Yeah, take the back route or take the toll. No time. No, and there's no traffic. There's like, the, comparatively speaking, there's no traffic in this area, like, compared to other places. Yeah, yeah. No, we can definitely look into it. I've I've Especially. convinced three people to move to Cedar Hill so far. Look yeah. at him. Yeah, three. Best kept secret. Yeah, man. Best it kept is. It is. It is. Anyways, well, guys. I mean, if your podcast gets any bigger, <laughs> it might not be. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyways, guys, we enjoy you. We have enjoyed you guys, and we thank our listeners for listening. Um, and that's it. Anything else, Melvin, before I sign us off? No. I, we're going to need a part two with you guys. Man. Yeah. I, I got to get into this feminist thing. I want to learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear this. Uh, but, uh, no. Nothing else. And I need to find out about Zimbabwe. Golly, man. Yeah. <laughs> look, up, look up Victoria There's Falls. I've, yeah. I've heard of Victoria Falls. Isn't that like the highest waterfall or something it's, like that? It is the largest it? waterfall it as far as distance. Oh, wow. Uh, Niagara yeah. Falls still has the height, I think. Oh, for real? But, but it's yeah. Victoria Falls wonders. is like, I think, a couple miles long. It's like yeah. the Grand Canyon was a waterfall. Where's, oh, uh, wow. T, where's uh, T. Mariga from? Zimbabwe. Tanasha. Yeah. Yeah. I met him. Uh huh. Tafazwa. Oh, Tafazwa. Uh huh. Did y'all have like the African wedding and everything? No. No. We didn't. Well, no, not really. No. Are y'all going to or do you supposed to? No. No. Okay. My mom brought it up today. Oh, did she really? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Because my, uh, my, 
my sister's husband's sister uh-huh. just yeah. had her African wedding. Uh-huh. And my mom was like, oh, did he get to see it? And Pablo, yeah. does he understand what's going on? Like, if he wants to do it, he can. So you need to get in the guard. What's, what's like, the I word? would love to see you in um, the pool. What's the name, did it? Dirt no, the Whiskey did it? Yeah, he did. You could do it. Oh, no, no, no. Good. She's talking about um, what's the word like dowry? You know, like where oh, like the the, the like groom the will pay for the traditional. Oh, yes, yes, that's what they want me to do. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I gotta I gotta shove out with some money. Cash. Oh, I some, was talking some about straight the, up cash, the, the hat, like the y'all be in your garb and your headdress, and I yeah. think it's yeah. so beautiful if people yeah. throw oh, money. So hold at up, you. if you got a daughter, then they, you get some cash. No, they no, get some cash. He pays. I gotta for pay for her. That's what I'm for saying. Her. So like, I got two girls. This is a racket. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. If he was oh, to have Farrah a daughter. marrying somebody yeah. from Zimbabwe, we about to get into this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you can charge yeah. for everything. No, you could. You could charge for everything. But if the guy's smart, he'll negotiate down. What? what? No, no, no. Like traditionally, <laughs> this stuff gets heated. Like they'll start really? like, yeah. Traditionally, traditionally, they'll like, well, you know. You know, depending on whether or not she was a virgin or not, you know, that yeah. could like higher or lower the price. I mean, it it goes, you know, they ask wow. for cows. They, anyway, but it's traditionally now uh-huh. it's a re- uh-huh. it, it, it was a respect thing back then and it's in a respect thing now. But traditionally now you have it before the actual Christian wedding mm-hmm. so that most of the money will actually just go toward the Christian wedding, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but. You know, we didn't have time to do that with them. And, and I did want to, but mm-hmm. traditionally, you know, I'm supposed to have a family member. You know, I can't speak at all during this mm-hmm. at all. And I have to be represented by either my uncle or a really close friend. Wow. Um, and so I couldn't have, you know, I, could, I couldn't have any of my family members there. It's, it's interesting, but after Cameron... Um, her sister's husband's sister, uh-huh. fiance. Um, that's a mouthful. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, after that, I mean, he he probably came out with. I mean, he sh- he he dished out maybe like six grand at this thing. Mm. Like they they charged him. So yeah, yeah. so yeah. Oh. And, and for me, if I do it after the wedding, I don't know if I'm going to see that money back. You you're know? not there. <laughs> <laughs> thing when you're, like, when you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not, you know. Mom's wow. have some real you know, nice bags. <laughs> exactly. So that culturally for me, that's, you know, that's a huge shock. Yeah. So I... I'd have to really think about it, really pray about it. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you know, it would it would do her parents an extreme favor and extreme uh, respect mm-hmm. to do it, you know. Um, but for me, it would also be like a, it would be tough. Yeah, it'd be yeah. real tough. Let's just say that. Yeah. Wow. That's hilarious. He just funny. asked for my hand in marriage. I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. I still was nervous. <laughs> You get down on one knee, Melvin? Oh, yes. I wrote her a yeah, song. Yeah, he wrote me a song, which I don't remember because I was crying the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He proposed at my favorite restaurant, which is like a, what was it, like a hibachi place that was okay, in Knoxville. Yeah. And I was getting ready to move to Atlanta. So I thought it was a going away party. Uh, at first, I thought it was a proposal. So but you didn't then, move. Well. She moved. And I was yeah, supposed to be moving right after. With her, Yeah. And so everybody handed me cards. Oh, we're going to miss you. And I was like, oh, this is not a proposal dinner. Okay, thank you. 
She's like, then, she, she's like an inch high private eye, man. She's like Inspector Gadget. I am. So I had to throw her off. So mm-hmm. we went up there, and I knew she was expecting something. And so she starts seeing her sorority sister's cars and my frat brother's cars. I was like, oh, And then I was like, yeah. surprise, <laughs> it's a going away party. And she was like, ah. Oh. And then womp. right at the end of the dinner, the lady brought out the check and gave it to her. And she was like, what? And I was then, like, excuse me, I'm not playing for this. I, oh, what is this in this? Uh, it's a ring. Got it. <laughs> that she lost. Uh, exactly. And yeah, it was it was good. It was good. And then we, I moved to Atlanta. That was when the market kind of it crashed. The job market was bad in 08. And then so couldn't he couldn't get a job. So me being a nurse, I came back up to Tennessee. And then we got married about a, mm, two months after I moved up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dang. Yep, and that is us. We done been through a lot. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, I don't want to keep y'all long because I know it's getting late and everything, but we appreciate you and we thank all of you all for listening to us and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Doodle-doo-doo.